Star Wars 7x7 episode 2813. So this is a bit of a detour, I guess, <laughs> and it has to do with what we were talking about yesterday with the idea that Maul may have been written into a previous version of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So I thought I would revisit Maul's activity in Star Wars Rebels and talk about how it may or may not bear on what we could see in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, the stuff that happens with the Maul situation in Rebels takes place in Season 2 and Season 3. It's actually going to spread out across Season 3. And so I thought you know we could take a little bit of time to play with this because it also involves the Inquisitorius and it also involves Ahsoka Tano. And it starts in an episode called Shroud of Darkness, which is the 18th episode of Season 2. Basically, the Ghost crew is trying to figure out how the Inquisitorius keeps managing to track them down, and they want to defeat the Sith once and for all. So they go into the Jedi Temple on Lothal, and what they are told by a Ghost Yoda is that they should go to Malachor. And Malachor is a world that had previously been forbidden to the Jedi. It was considered off-limits because there's all sorts of terrible Sith stuff happening there and there's a Sith temple but naturally they decide to go there anyway and that's where the whole season finale of season two the Twilight of the Apprentice episode takes place where Ahsoka has her battle with Darth Vader that whole consequential thing but while they're there they also encounter somebody who refers to himself as the old master and it's none other than Maul who says his ship crash landed on Malachor and as he starts starts to get to know Ezra. He says that he's you know no friend of the Sith and the Sith you know took him from his family and killed his family and all this stuff and Ezra's like, "Yeah, I can get with that because of course the Empire did very bad things to his family as well." And there's so much amazing stuff that happens in Twilight of the Apprentice, so I'm going to try to limit our discussion to, you know, what's going to be relevant to the whole Kenobi conversation. And that's that there is a Sith holocron, so the knowledge to defeat the Sith is going to be contained, according to Maul, in the Sith holocron. And so they have to get that and then put it in an obelisk at the top of this temple. So they managed to do that, but it turns out that <laughs> the knowledge is how to operate this temple, which is actually some kind of battle station that Maul intends to use to destroy all of his enemies. So that's how he's thinking about destroying the Sith by activating this temple as a giant battle station weapon. Not exactly the kind of knowledge that I think Ezra and company were looking for, but so be it. And ultimately Maul is knocked into a chasm, but yeah, you know, Maul in chasms, he's bound to survive a long fall. And they ultimately leave with the Sith holocron. So now the rebels are in possession of both a Jedi holocron, which we've seen earlier in the season of rebels and a Sith holocron. So 
the deal with the Jedi holocron, among other things, it has the message that Obi-Wan Kenobi used to broadcast out to all the Jedi and say, this is a warning, you know, everything has gone to heck and you got to stay away from Coruscant and, you know, hide and all that fun stuff. And so in season three of Rebels, uh, third episode, which is called The Holocrons of Fate, Maul shows up again and kidnaps most of the ghost crew and demands that that Kanan and Ezra show up at a predetermined location with both the Jedi Holocron and the Sith Holocron so that they may be combined and they have to go talk to the Bendu because by this time they're at Chopper Base where this you know very mystical Bendu creature is and they find out that hey, when you combine a Jedi and a Sith Holocron you're going to gain knowledge, but whatever you can know can never be unknown. And so there is definitely a, a strong warning that comes from this whole potential encounter. So Ezra and Kanan get the holocrons and they go to meet Maul. And Maul has to sit with Ezra and they have to open their holocrons together and combine them. And there's all sorts of other, you know, backstabbing things that Maul does in the meantime. And so what happens is... Ezra and Maul sit together and Ezra knows that knowledge is going to happen and that he can ask whatever he wants of this combination of holocrons to hopefully get an answer to the questions that he most desperately wants answered. And for him, it's how to destroy the Sith. And Maul says he's just looking for hope, whatever that may be. And so when they start he's only seeing oblivion, he's seeing nothingness, and he's like, I have to probe deeper, and all this other stuff is happening, and this, you know, massive light is emanating from the combination of the two holocrons, and Kanan can actually see them. Kanan, by the way, was blinded in the midst of the battle with Maul in Twilight of the Apprentice at the end of season two, so there's that, but he can actually see them in the force because it's so strong what's happening between the two of them and the holocrons there. And what the two of them see as a result of combining the knowledge of the Jedi and Sith holocrons, they both get an image of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is fascinating because when you think of it from Ezra's perspective, the idea of who's going to destroy the Sith, well, it's not necessarily going to be Obi-Wan, but Obi-Wan is protecting the person who will ultimately destroy the Sith. And for Maul, is he's seeking hope, he gets purpose, basically, because Kenobi has been his you know, lifelong villain, the thorn in his side for him. And knowing that Kenobi is alive, it gives him purpose now. And for the purposes of the Kenobi series and whether Maul could have ever shown up in Kenobi, after Ezra you know, looks away at Kanan's prompting from the holocron and the knowledge that's being imparted or conjured or however you want to put it, that creates just some giant force explosion basically and kind of blasts everybody apart and Maul just runs stumbling away going he's alive he's alive ha 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 and so it seems like it's rather big news to him and Ezra is also shocked as well he's like I recognize that guy he recognizes him from <laughs> the message in the holocron right and they're under the impression that Kenobi is dead but you know, Maul, I guess, also maybe under the impression that Kenobi is dead, except that I guess you could make the argument that the ghost crew thinks that Kenobi should be dead as a result of the events of Order 66, whereas Maul, yeah, he could think the same thing, or yes, maybe there could have been some other encounter where something <laughs> happened that 
wasn't necessarily conclusive proof of death one way or the other. Like Maul falling into a chasm at the end of Twilight of the Apprentice or down a giant power shaft in The Phantom Menace. You get what I mean. Anyway, so this is part one of two of looks back at Maul in Star Wars Rebels and how it might reflect on this whole conversation about whether he could be showing up in the Kenobi series at all. And that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited. Other respected trademark and copyright holders, may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.